Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another injury recap episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Matthew Betts, aka the Fantasy PT on Twitter. And every week, I'll be going through the season's uh, injuries, basically recapping what happened on Sunday, what to expect from your players, and uh, talk about maybe a few players that didn't necessarily play the week before but are coming back from injury. For example, Sam Darnold coming back from mono. We'll talk about him tonight amongst other players, but um, have been re- you know, receiving a lot of great positive feedback from you all in regards to these episodes, saying that they're helping you out a lot. Okada and I want to try to be different for you all. So most podcasts on Monday come out and they tell you about waivers, and that's definitely still important. And we have an article on our site, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com, that highlights our top waiver ads. But you know, there's not a lot of people out there talking injuries. And, you know, as a sports and orthopedic physical therapist, I'm here to help you kind of navigate the uh, the injury news, what's noise, what can you expect, what's too much optimism, all that kind of stuff, so you can kind of stay ahead of your league mates. So truly do appreciate it. If you like what you've been hearing, head on over to your podcast app. Please, please, please drop us a rating and review. It helps us out more than you know. All right, guys, let's get over into the injury recap here from week four. Let's go all the way back to Thursday night to start with Devontae Adams. Obviously, at this point, everyone knows he's dealing with a right uh, toe injury. It is a turf toe injury to his big toe. And basically what turf toe is, is essentially a hyperextension of the joint that connects your, your big toe to your foot. The ligaments get stretched and get irritated, and that's a source of pain. Um, so for Devontae Adams, you know, this is definitely going to be a situation where I think he misses at least a couple of weeks. I mean, just after the game, he was telling reporters, like, it was so painful and his foot was so swollen, he couldn't even put a shoe on. So it's definitely more, you know, a, a situation, I think, that we're looking at a multi-week absence here for Devontae Adams, which really shouldn't scare owners and, and shouldn't scare you off as an owner, because this is kind of the norm with these injuries, especially for wide receivers. Very rarely are they a one-week absence, because... When you're coming back from this type of injury, the big toe is so important for receivers specifically. So when you're lined up at the line of scrimmage and you've got your, you know, for Devontae Adams, for him, it's his right foot back. When he puts his right toe on the ground to try to push off when the, the quarterback snaps the ball, he literally is stressing the exact same ligaments that he just injured this past week. So I would not be shocked to see Devontae Adams sit this week, potentially even the week after that. Um, but then maybe kind of get back, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks afterwards. So this is this is a situation to monitor. Like you know, we talked about last year with uh, with AJ Green. This is a an injury that can linger if it's not done the right way the first time around. So I, I do hope that the Packers are conservative with their star wide receiver. Like I said, I think he misses a couple weeks, but if he does it right the first time around, he could be a sneaky buy-low candidate here in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison should step up for Aaron Rodgers. Also in that same game, Jamal Williams, um, definitely a scary situation. You know, the, the hit by the Eagles defensive end, Derek Barnett, definitely scared a lot of people, myself included. Williams just immediately fell to the ground after taking that shot to the head. He was taken off on a spine board. You know, which is never a good thing to see, of course. It tells us that the medical staff is worried about 
neurologic function of the legs and the arms. Fortunately for Williams, he you know gave the thumbs up as he exited the the stadium and the field, and then later took to social media to let everyone know that he was okay. So basically, right now he is in the concussion protocol. We'll have to monitor kind of how he does this week. Um, the nice thing about the Thursday night game is that it gives these players extra time to recover. So we can't rule him out quite yet for week five, but given the severity and kind of given how nasty that looked, I would be surprised if we saw him play. But like I said, we'll, we'll have to monitor their practice reports. Just last year, I remember watching Devonta Adams get absolutely lit up across the middle of the field and his mouthpiece went flying and, you know, it was, it was a pretty nasty hit. He spent the night in the hospital and then recovered the next day or, and you know, the next couple of days to be released and then play the following week. So recovery from concussion is non-linear, and you'll hear me say that a lot. Basically, that just means that a concussion is not a concussion is not a concussion. They're all different. They all present in different ways, and there's different severities and intensities. But basically, what we do in rehab is is take these guys through uh, a couple of days of recovery and then try to slowly kind of ramp up their activity and just monitor how their symptoms are. How's their headache? concentration levels, fatigue, all that sort of stuff, and and see how the athlete responds. And if he keeps responding well, um, then you keep progressing each day. And so that's basically what we have to go on is these practice reports for the Packers. So we'll see kind of what happens here this week moving forward. But like I said, I wouldn't be shocked to see Williams sit uh, this week. Next on the list is Christian Kirk, who's dealing with a right high ankle sprain. Pretty nasty uh, you know, image of him kind of at the end of the game. He got his foot stuck in the turf. And the defender kind of ripped him backwards as his foot was stuck in the ground, causing it to externally rotate to the side. And that's the the classic high ankle sprain mechanism of injury that you'll see. So for Christian Kirk, there hasn't been any update in regards to an MRI or specifics as to how long he's going to be out. So as of this recording, which is Monday evening at 5 o'clock, I don't have those details for you yet. But as soon as we have them, I'll let you know. I would expect this to probably be a multi-week absence for Christian Kirk. I don't know that it's as intense as someone like Saquon Barkley, uh, but it could be in the Tevin Coleman range where he's looking at maybe a month out of the out of the lineup. So look for details. Watch for those MRI findings to come out in the next 24 hours or so, but it is going to be a, a multi-week absence here for Christian Kirk. Next, let's get over into some quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky with that left shoulder injury. You could see, you know, as he got strip sacked, defender kind of rolled up on him and Basically, his arm was elevated over his head as the defender's body weight landed on top of him, and that caused his left shoulder to dislocate what we refer to as anteriorly and inferiorly, meaning forward and down, and then kind of spontaneously returned back into place. So when this happens, there is almost always a labrum injury, which is a tiny piece of fiber cartilage that helps to provide stability in the joint and and basically minimize the risk of having dislocations. So the the deal here for Trubisky is we have the MRI findings. We know it was a torn labrum, but there's good news and there's some not so great news. So the good news is this is not his throwing shoulder, which means a faster return to play. I would expect him to sit this week for sure, maybe week seven, but we'll see, Uh, or excuse me, week six. But I do expect him back for week seven at the absolute latest. Now with this, he will probably come back with a shoulder brace on. And the brace is designed to help to provide a little bit of extra stability there for that shoulder. It limits the movement of the arm overhead and away from the body so that uh, those more kind of vulnerable positions aren't really scary for Trubisky. So 
I do think he comes back in about one to two weeks, but with the labrum, oftentimes this is better, especially for contact sports like rugby and football, to have these guys go under you know under the scope and get surgery to repair the labrum. So I would expect Trubisky to potentially have season uh, off-season surgery. The team has come out and said that he might not need it. We'll have to see kind of how he does. Fortunately, though, for Trubisky, like I said, this is his non-throwing shoulder. So once he comes back, I think he's going to be totally fine uh, from a performance standpoint. Next player on the list, Josh Allen. Uh, dealing with a concussion, obviously he took a pretty nasty helmet-to-helmet hit while scrambling yesterday against the Patriots. Um, the nice thing about Allen's recovery here is he was able to get up and jog off the field, which is usually a great sign for players, and then kind of went into the locker room, full evaluation for a concussion, and didn't return. So despite him jogging off the field, which, like I said, is encouraging, he is still in the concussion protocol. He still has a concussion. So just like we talked about with Jamal Williams, the plan is slowly incorporate him back into football activity, see how he does. Again, I would not be shocked to see Allen sit this week, but monitor those practice reports. Last quarterback I have on the list here today is Gardner Minshew, and this one's kind of flying under the radar. Um, No one's really talking about it, but Gardner Minshew suffered a left high ankle sprain on Sunday, and basically he took a shot uh, kind of below the knee from a defender his left foot and ankle got caught in the turf. Again, that external rotation is what you look for. Caused that to happen. Um, so by definition, this is a high ankle sprain. The severity of it, we don't know. I would expect it to be very, very minor. Kind of like a Patrick Mahomes type of sprain, where if you guys remember early in the season, he had an injury, limped off the field, got it taped up, and came back into play, and actually ended up being just fine. And clearly, he hasn't missed any time since. And he's been Patrick Mahomes, you know, just dropping dimes everywhere. So no concerns for me in terms of Minshew's availability this week. If you see him on the practice reports, don't be shocked. I, I expect him to be limited probably on Wednesday and Thursday, but I do think he is good to go for week five. Let's get over into uh, a little bit of wide receiver talk here. Jarvis Landry also dealing with concussion. I don't think we really need to go into the details with this one, but again, he enters the protocol, the deal with these. Let's monitor the practice reports. Let's see how he does as the week progresses. Kenny Stills dealing with a right hamstring strain. He's going to probably be out at least a week. You could see him on a crossing route. He caught the ball from Deshaun Watson, tried to head up field along the right sideline, and there was no defender within 10 yards of him. Stills just stops, pulls up, and grabs for his right hamstring. So this is usually what we see with the hamstring strain is it's non-contact. It's a position where the player is trying to accelerate, and that hamstring uh, you know, gets injured. And so for Stills, we know the risk is pretty high if he comes back too soon. So my hope is that the team does sit him for at least a week, maybe longer, and, and really try to get him right so this doesn't become a season-long issue for Stills. So this definitely opens up the window for Kiki QT to play a pretty significant increase in his snap count uh, for this upcoming week and moving forward. I think for another week, you can expect to see Kenny Stills out. Next wide receiver, Dontrell Inman dealing with a quadriceps strain. Um, man, they are so banged up there. Obviously, Mike Williams missed last week with a back injury. Hunter Henry still out with a knee injury. So for Dontrell Inman, you know, he kind of went up, caught a ball, came down, and basically his right knee and his uh, his right leg flexed very quickly. And by flexed, I mean his knee bent. That is a big stretch quickly over the quad muscle, and that's basically how a quad strain happens. And so, you know, for Inman, you could see it was it was tough for him to get up right away he kind of had to limp and hobble off the field with trainers so this is a situation where again soft tissue injury 
more than likely Dontrell Inman is going to sit this week, which hopefully for the Chargers, they can get Mike Williams back uh, out on the field, coming back from the back injury. We'll have to see. But regardless, I would not expect Dontrell Inman to be active next week. Running backs, let's get over into Marlon Mack, who suffered a minor ankle injury this past week. They haven't really released any details about it. I'm calling it an ankle sprain based off what I saw watching the game live. Uh, But it's worth noting the team came out today in reports saying, you know, we held Mac out. It was our choice, not because of injury. Who knows how true that is? You know, I would say injury played a role for sure. He only got two touches in the second half. And, you you know, you're telling me Marlon Mack is a guy who's gotten a ton of work over the past month starting the season. So there's no way he wouldn't have been out there if it wasn't for injury. So I believe this is more likely something to monitor than not. The team doesn't seem worried about it. I haven't seen any reports of him getting an MRI. So more likely than not, we're going to see a a DNP for Mac on Wednesday in practice. And then I would expect him to return to limited practices and hopefully a full practice later in the week. But we'll see. Regardless, I do not think Marlon Mack is in any danger of missing week five. Wouldn't be surprised to see him play with some tape on that ankle, though, just to provide some extra stability. Last one on the list here today, and before we get into the other uh, updates from previous players injuries is TJ Hawkinson which this was scary I mean you saw him try to hurdle a defender and did not succeed basically he had the defender kind of undercut him and it caused him to land on the side of his head and shoulder you know it was, it was tough to see him obviously he had to get carted off uh, sitting upright which was good but still had to get carted off so for Hawkinson, you know, the team is coming out today saying they, they're not going to put him on injured reserve. So exactly what's going on, I don't know, outside of I think he probably has a concussion and, he, and he's in the protocol for it. But if a team is debating putting him on injured reserve, obviously there's something else probably going on here, probably to the neck and or shoulder area. But again, hard to say without truly knowing the details. The unfortunate thing is, the Lions are very uh, quiet when it comes to injuries. They will give you the very minimum that the league requires, and they won't give you many more details outside of that. The other issue here, which is a benefit for Hawkinson, is that they're on bye in week five. So we probably won't see much of any reports coming out regarding Hawkinson in the next week or so. So truly a question mark on my part. You know, Definitely concussion, I would say. And then from there, some sort of neck, shoulder type of injury. Um, there's too many possibilities to even name here as to what this could be so i'm with you guys i will definitely keep you updated and posted as the days go by and i'll I'll, you know look for details and when i have them i'll be sure to tweet them out at the fantasy pt uh in regards to the details there for tj hawkinson okay that does it for this week's uh recap you know for injuries but let's get over into a couple of listener questions and then maybe just get into a couple of updates on players that are coming back from injury that didn't actually play this past week but obviously, it's important. They're you know on your fantasy roster. We want to know how soon they'll be back. So the first question comes in from at Russian Anton. I'm interested to know what's going on with Damian Williams, AJ Green, Tyree Kill, and Christian Kirk. So we already hit on Christian Kirk. That's that high ankle sprain. Probably going to be out multiple weeks. Damian Williams obviously hasn't played since injuring his knee. It's his right knee. He's dealing with a bone bruise, and those are very painful to try to play through, and oftentimes they do take multiple weeks to get back. So there's not really any red flag for me from from Damian Williams here. I would not be shocked to see him 
continue to miss time, especially in practice, as the team tries to manage this and get him back on the field. But LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams have played well enough that they don't need to rush him back. If you remember last year, Marvin Jones missed the last month plus of the season with a bone bruise in his knee. And so I'm not saying he's going to miss that much time. I'm just saying it's possible. So for Damian Williams, he hasn't even practiced since then. I would likely, you know, see a scenario where Damian Williams is at least practicing in limited basis before he even has a chance to play. So again, this week, monitor those practice reports. If you see a couple of DNPs on Wednesday and Thursday, I think it's very unlikely Damian Williams plays this week. Next, he wants to know about AJ Green. Um, We talked about it last week. Not many new updates other than the fact that he's definitely going to be out until at least week six. That news report came out today, um, which shouldn't shock us. You know, last week we talked about his injury requiring a longer rehab. And the other piece of the puzzle is, you know, he's entering a contract year. So after this season, he is a free agent. It makes sense for him to really only come back if he's 100%. If he's playing at less than 100% and his performance is impacted, it's going to affect him negatively when it comes to trying to look for a new contract next year. So smart move by AJ Green. Why risk it? Come back when you're fully healthy. I don't think week seven is out of the question, uh, but I definitely don't think uh, we see him before week six. I would say probably even week eight, week nine is more realistic. That high ankle sprain was definitely severe enough that it required a surgery on the ankle joint. And what that tells me is that there's potentially some sort of cartilage injury going on inside the joint. Those take a lot of time to really get back to the impact forces that you need to play football, meaning uh, starting and stopping on a dime, sticking your foot in the ground and cutting and changing direction, all that sort of stuff. It takes time to get back to that. So definitely not till week six, at least probably week eight, week nine is more realistic in my opinion. Tyreek Hill, good news. He was running routes yesterday pregame, looked good. Um, He's going to have more tests this week to determine how he's healing from that SC joint dislocation. I would not be shocked to see Tyreek Hill play next week, not week five, probably the week after, but he's definitely getting closer. So maybe a sneaky buy low. And then in terms of his re-injury risk, he's actually pretty low on the re-injury risk. I've actually went out and acquired Tyreek Hill on the cheap. You know, someone else needed to win and and they needed to get rid of Tyreek Hill to get a receiver that could play now. I went out and got Tyreek Hill and I think he's going to be back within the next two weeks. Next question comes in from at Kai underscore river at, he says, I acquired Gallman off waivers. Would you trade Elliott, obviously that's Ezekiel Elliott, uh, in a five-keeper auction league for Barkley? Other running backs are CMC and Chubb, or do you have any lingering injury concerns with Barkley? So I think this question just gets back to the health of Saquon Barkley, and there's been news coming out that he is telling the NFL Network reporters he wants to crush this rehab uh, timeline, meaning he wants to get back sooner. And while I think it's possible, you definitely can't accelerate biology. So I think I think it's going to be at least four weeks before we see Saquon Barkley. Now, he's already a week out. So if you're trying to acquire um, you know, Barkley from another owner, I would say you can do it if you prefer Berkeley to Ezekiel Elliott long term. I think he's going to be fine long term. I think once Zeke gets back, he's going to take a week or two to probably get back into football shape. But um, Barkley is such an amazing athlete that I feel like once he actually is on the field, he's going to be fine. So for me, you're looking at at least another three weeks without Barkley, but once he comes back, he should be good to go. Last question at coach H 34. He says Saquon's owner is trying to trade him. It's a redraft situation. 
if he plays the last few weeks in playoffs, this could be a ship move for me, meaning championship move. Uh, I agree. If if Saquon Barkley's owner is worried and he's trying to trade him off because he thinks it's going to be a longer recovery and he won't be back on the field um, before the end of October, I would definitely jump on that. I think he does get back at the end of October. And then obviously if you have him for November, December, and your playoffs, uh, Saquon could be huge. So I would definitely advocate for doing that, especially if you can afford to take some risk, meaning maybe you're, you know, uh, hopefully 4-0 and or three and one. If you can, I would do it. I think that does put you over the top relative to other owners in your league. All right, everyone, that does it for this week's week four injury recap episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, if you like what you're hearing, uh, we love to hear from you guys. Find us on Twitter at redshirtsffpod. Find me at the fantasy PT. Find Okada at Matt Okada. You can find our podcast anywhere uh, you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are there. We're also on the web at uh, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. And like I said, if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a lot to us to just kind of head over to your podcast app, hit that five-star rating and review, and uh, help us out. It helps other people find our content, which we really appreciate. All right, guys, hope you all crush it in week four. Okada and I will be back on Thursday. We will see you then. Until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.